You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible once again to Isaiah chapter 8. If you've been with us for any time, you know we're talking about living the supernatural life. Living the supernatural life. If you weren't here this morning, again, you've got to get that message. Here we spoke about how we want to walk by faith. The Bible says we live by faith. And if we're going to live by faith, that faith comes by hearing. It's listening to the Word. And then the most important aspect of listening to the Word is when we come together is don't miss these meetings. Don't miss any meetings. Because in every meeting we talk about the Word of God. And then in those meetings, we, the point number two was to make sure that we give attention to the Word. Give attention to the Word. Why is that so important? And this is important even now because it's when you give attention means you're listening. You're listening with intent. That means when we've come, we come for the reason to come and hear, to come and listen. Uh, social media you do before or after. Come on, if we were sitting together at coffee and you were talking to me and all I kept doing was looking at my phone, I'm sure somewhere along the line you're going to go like, uh, uh, Hello. Can we chat? Isn't that right? Well, that would be the right thing to do. We give attention to the word. Now, why is that so important? Because we understand how the enemy works. He wants to steal the word. I don't care who looks at me and doesn't. I've had people walk out on me. That's fine. If they don't want to listen, that's fine. I'm not here for the person that doesn't want to receive. I'm here for those that want to receive. Amen. But if you've come to receive, then put the distractions aside. And let's focus on what God as for us, and let's walk in the fullness of that word. Hallelujah. Why? Because we have to receive from the words that we've got something to give attention to, something to meditate on. And this is critical in these last days because whatever we receive, whatever we receive from God, we first hear it from the word. We would not be saved if no one told us. We didn't hear about the gospel message. We'd never have given our lives to Jesus. But thank God there was someone that told us. Hallelujah. Aren't you grateful to hear that God sent his word to heal you? That Jesus bore every sickness and every disease by his stripes. You've been healed. Now you can call on that. Now you have the faith for that because you've heard the word on the issue. Well, the same way when it comes to the supernatural. In Isaiah 8 verse 18, Yara am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in in Israel. We are for signs and wonders from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Praise God. Zion, of course, is talking about Israel. That's a type of the church. You and I are that church today. And so God has given His people in the earth for signs and wonders. In other words, those that do not yet have covenant with God, there must be enough for them to see, to say, I want to serve the God you serve. It's not just a case of all these different religions and I must kind of randomly choose one and whoever speaks to me first, you know, that maybe I'll go with that one and maybe I'll find another one, whichever works for me and none of that. It's God demonstrates with power. He demonstrates who he is and shows it. And he's put his church in the earth to demonstrate that power. 
like even Gideon when he was in that wine press. Where are the miracles that we hear about? See, today this world is looking for the supernatural. Uh, why do you think there's all these other distractions? And we know that there is power available, but we're done with the fake. We don't want the counterfeit. We want the real. We want God, His power, His anointing. Well, we serve a supernatural God. And He's created. He is a supernatural Lord who looks after a supernatural kingdom. And He's created us in this natural world. But He placed His Spirit in this natural world. In His man, in His woman, in us as His body. And we are the carriers of that supernatural. We are the demonstration of that supernatural. Hallelujah. Am you ready to experience the supernatural in your life? So we want to know about it. And unless we expect another, we won't see it happening in our lives. Remember how Elisha, when there was that time of the uh, siege against uh, Israel, where uh, he was, they, they were in Samaria and they were held captive and things had got really expensive and lack of food and everything. It got to eating babies and horrible things like that. But when Elisha spoke, he said, this time tomorrow. This time tomorrow. And the way he introduced it, was, you know, where sea flour will be sold really cheap. What he's saying, there'll be an abundance of food and it will be cheap. And of course, that one officer said, even if God opened the windows, I don't think it can happen in 24 hours. But there's something about the supernatural that I pick up from that is that God, when he wants to do something, he's not locked into time. God is not dominated by time. If God wants to do it, he says this time tomorrow. And the one that said, I don't, I don't, I just can't see that happening. He said, well, you won't be eating from it. You, you'll see it, but you'll not partake of it. And you know what happened in the, in the rush for that food. He got caught in the stampede and ended up getting killed. And the word came to pass. He did not partake of it. I don't know about you. I don't want to be that one. How many of you want to partake? Well, that means you've got to be expected. If the man of God says this time tomorrow, you're going to go, yeah, amen. That's, I received that. It's time we've got to understand. If we're still allowing our minds to be locked into time, then we're going to land up not being able to see the supernatural. Because supernatural means just that, supernatural. And natural, the time, is a created thing. Have a look at this at Genesis chapter 1. You know, God created, the Bible begins in verse 1, in the beginning He created, and He gets down to verse 26, and the Word says that God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. Now, everything else He created, every other living thing, whether it was trees, whether it was birds or animals or fish, He said, let each one bring up after their kind. So each, birds produce birds, and and cats produce cats, and fish make more fish. And are you with me? You don't, you don't get a, a fish born out of an eagle. You know, so uh, eagles make eagles. And yeah, God, when He creates man, speaks of Himself. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. 
Created to be just like God. Now, we will never be God. There's only one supreme creator. Only one living God. But you are his son. You are his daughter. You are the offspring of God is what he says. You're born of the God species. Hallelujah. Say that I am born of God's kind. And he says, let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. What's dominion mean? Domination, rule over. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Underline that. That's all I'm going to say. Male and female, God created them. And he knows what he's doing. Amen. If he put you in a body, he knew what body he's putting you in. And that's what he wanted you to be. If God called me as a pastor, if I went out and tried to be an evangelist, I would fail miserably. Be upset, always wondering why no one supports me, why nothing ever works. And you know, God said, I didn't call you as an evangelist, I called you as a pastor. So whether I like it or not, I have to be a pastor. Amen. Amen. So if he created you male, be that male. If he created you as female, be that female. That's God created you. Say amen. I've done nothing else but read scripture. If you have a problem, take it up with the creator. Verse 28. Then God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful, multiply. That does take male and female. That's the only way you're going to fulfill that. Be fruitful, multiply. Amen. Then he says, fill the earth. And subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea. Over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now family, you notice God when he created man expected him to have full dominion. And in our study so far in the series on the supernatural, we found out that Adam fell from that. And he fell from discerning to learning. See, when the Bible speaks about him eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that word in the Hebrew for knowledge talks about learning from experience. In other words, it is, uh, it's the trial and error method of learning. It's, even our scientific world does that. Uh, science tries things out, does experiments. God never expected for us to live experimentally. You can go to God and get the inside information without the experiments. You don't have to try this and try that and try this and hope this works and somehow find out the solution. No, you go to God, He can give you the inside, inside scoop. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you want to live that way? That's exactly how Adam fell, lived. But when he fell, God said, now you're going to struggle and battle. So... In this discernment, in the ability to live by the leading of the Holy Spirit, that's where we saw Jesus knowing what he would do. He knew how the supernatural worked, so he was always in that place of being aware of what God is doing. 
And we want to be in that constant place of awareness. And so that's how God had designed for Adam to live, to live this life of dominion. And you can see this was God's intention for man. Look at Psalm chapter 8, verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Now take note of moon and stars, because I'm going to refer to that just now. Now notice it's, it's listed here, and there's a reason God's revealing something. He's made all this creation, the moon and the stars. Everybody say moon and stars. Say so you have ordained it. Now, now you understand it's not just he created, he ordained them. That, that means they're given a function. There's a function that they're given. You have ordained what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him. You've made him a little lower than the angels and you've crowned him with glory and honor. Now, that word angels right there, if you were reading that in the English, that's what you see as angels. But if you went to read it in the Hebrew, it's the word Elohim. Elohim. That's the same word when Elohim said, let us make man in our image. Goes do the study. Get out concordance and look up the, the Hebrew words. When Elohim said, let us make man in our image, that's the word used there. So I put it to you, that's just a translator. At the time it was translated and it's been carried down through tradition, that's just someone who's nervous and didn't understand the whole covenant because the translation is not the original. The original was what was spoken by God. And the word given to David is that God created man just a little lower than Elohim. In his image. Just like him. You're not God, but you're just a little lower. Oh, you got to get a hold of it. Now, that is true. You study it out. I don't have time to teach it right now. I can already hear the, some of the gears grinding. Go study it out. The Word of God tells us very clearly that we will be judging angels. That's, that's the responsibility of man. So we will, if an angel, you speak and an angel doesn't listen, you're calling them to account. God has given you as a servant. That, that's Hebrews talks about it. It, it, is, it. You have to understand where you are in the kingdom of God. So if we're going to judge angels, we're not lower than them. Can you see that? That's why I, I get it. I know sometimes we talk, you know, you hear his terms in here and he's my angel. You know, talk about a, a spouse or it's just my angel. Oh, no, I'm higher than that. Uh, you know, I understand. Like someone say, he's my puppy. We know we're not talking about him being my dog. Amen. <laughs> so it's for a term of endearment. But no, we, we're not angels. It's not like we're going to die and become an angel. Uh, God promoted them to be an angel in heaven. No, no, no. Angels are the servants. They're given to minister for the saints. For the heirs of salvation. So angels serve us. Hallelujah. See, they're hearkening, they're listening for the Word of God. They will only obey the Word. They will only obey the Word. They don't go on anything else. So, 
What is man that you're mindful of him? You create him a little lower than Elohim. Now, I personally believe, now you can take this if you like it, keep it. If you don't, forget I said it. We can still be friends. This is not a doctrinal issue. But I believe that this is David writing, overhearing an angel. What is man? What is this creature? I mean, can you imagine an angel standing there in creation and God begins and he creates all these things and there's a fish and there's an animal and there's a bird and all of this and then creates this creature. Now, you can imagine the devil. He originally said, I can be like God. Isn't that right? I will ascend to the throne. I will be just like God. And what happened? In an instant, boom, he was kicked out of heaven. And he's never coming back. There is no redemption for him. Some people feel sorry for the devil. Oh, I mean, no, he, 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 he had his day. It's done. Are you with me? That's why those angels that were kicked out with him, they became the demons. Now the other angels, they are very aware of that. They saw that instantly. There is no redemption. Now God creates this other creature in his image. Everything else is a created being. Everything else is another species. Even the angelic beings, it's another species. But man is in the God species. Not only that, he gives him everything the devil wanted. Just hands it to him. Yeah, you just take it all. You have dominion. And then the man messes up and dumps it, hands it over through high trees. And God says, that's fine. i got a plan to get it back. What, what is this creature that you, that you love him so much? What, what is it that, that you come and visit him? See, royalty doesn't come visit the, the guy in his house. Kings stay in their palace. You come to the king and you don't even go in without his invitation. And even if you are invited into his presence, you don't speak unless he holds out his scepter to you. You, speak, you can sit there, but if you talk without the scepter, that is execution by death. Are you with me? Uh, I mean, this is you, 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 it was an honor to be called by the king. And so even the devil knew that. We see in Job how the devil would go before God and, and challenge him on the, the, the servant Job. He would go visit God. But when man cries out, God, I need your help, please. God gets off his throne. What, 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 do I, what do you want? What's... What, what is man that he comes? What, what, is, what is this creature? What, who is this, this creation? And you come off your throne to them. And then you take up their form. And then you become a man and you empty your power. And then you die for them. That I just got kicked out of heaven, but you're going to go and pay the price for them. And then you come back to life. And then you still come and even after they messed up and they, and they denounced you and rejected you and, and, and dropped you and denied you. And you still go and say, do you love me? And what is this creation? And they can mock you and blaspheme you and you just keep calling, come home, come home. 
come home and they turn to you and they smile and say, I believe, that's it, that's enough. And you take them in. Who is this? Say, that's me. Say, that's me. You crowned him with glory and honor. And you made him for what reason? To have dominion over the works of your hands. Oh, come on. I've heard it said, God created man to worship him. Ah, angels were already worshiping him. God's not this arrogant, egotistical person. I need more worship and angels. Come on, man. Okay, they're not doing enough. Let me make this other thing, man. Now, worship me. That's not our God. Now, he's ordained praise for a purpose, and it's written, yeah, you can see the first few verses, it's to silence the enemy. Worship has a function. So we worship God. I do it out of gratitude to let God know how much I love him. And, and, but God ordained that to be through praise to silence Satan. Why was man created? It's clear here. Yeah. You made him for what reason? To have dominion over the works of your hands. God's a designer. He's a creator. He's... He's always making, he's, he's, he's got to grow. It's just his nature. He's got to speak out and make and for it. But he's, he's making all the stuff, but for what reason? I want somebody to enjoy it. It's not for me. See, God is the ultimate giver. He doesn't do it for him. He does it to bless others with. But who are the others? Uh, you can only fellowship so long with a cow. You can find a cow and go have a conversation. You know, you can talk to your dog and love your dog. And but there's, only so, there's only so far that there's no, you know, you can wag his tail and, and look happy. But there's no fellowship. I need someone on my level. I want, I want to give and receive. I want to bless. I want, to, I want someone to know what I've done and enjoy what I've created. But I don't just want them to enjoy it. I want to give it to them. You made man to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you put all things. How many? All. How much? All. all things under his feet. Say this, God created me to have dominion over all his works. So what works are we talking about? Genesis chapter 1. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. For what purpose? To give it to you. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. What's that? Well, God is light. And so he's taking this glory from within him and he's putting it out there as a canvas something in the natural a natural manifestation how many of you yeah, might be artist paint or something like that you know that when you start painting uh, you, you got to prepare 
the place for the painting. You don't just paint somewhere. You prepare a surface. And that's light. Now he has this canvas available. And from that canvas he starts his creation. And as he begins, he begins to create. Now light already exists. And then, verse 3 God said, let there be light. There was light. Verse 4, God saw the light. It was good. And he divided light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Now you keep reading. From that moment on, he begins with the rest of creation. And he puts trees in the thing, puts animals in the things, and he goes through it. But day four, everyone say day four. Verse 14, God said, let there be lights in the firmament. But now there's already day and night. There's a form of light. But now this is a different light. Come on now. We're going with what the word says. I'm talking to people who want to understand the supernatural. I'm not talking about... Hardened scientists and, and, and yeah, but I, then, you know, I just don't see that. Well, then don't expect to walk in the supernatural. We're going to walk in the supernatural. We have to get to a place where I'm not moved by sight. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen or, or, or heard or felt or experimented or A plus B must be C. No, you understand with God. That's natural laws. This is what he's busy with you. I want to show you this. Because if you get what's been said here, it's going to take you into another level of supernatural. How do you want to live that? So he says, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night. Oh, hang on now. So we already have day and night understood right on day one. But God needs something to manifest in the natural. So he brings these natural elements in so that they will be used to divide the day from the night. Listen to this now. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Oh, you missed it. <laughs> Days and years were only created on day four. That's when time began. If anybody wondered, you know, you've heard me say it before, time is a created thing. Where does he get that from? There it is. There's your days, nights, seasons. See, in the realm of the Spirit, you understand in the realm of the Spirit, there is existence. There, there's a flow. But it's on a dimension we don't understand if you're locked into a three-dimensional world. In three-dimensional world, you have a beginning and an end. But God crucified Jesus before the foundation of the world. God is. So God has a way of being yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but He's the same at all times. So there, but you still have a flow. Things have to happen then. There was a war in heaven. Satan tried to take over. God brought Michael in. They got rid of him. He was booted out. There's a flow, but it's not on the dimension 
of created time. It is a... It, oh, Jesus. Can I say it in tongues? Can, will you, you, now you, I, I see it in my spirit, and it's, I'm trying to use limited English language to, to bring it out. It is a force. It's a form of process, but it can be manipulated, and it can be bent, and it can be shaped, and it can be put. And it, it's, it's, it's not, you can do something before something is needed, and when it's needed, you can bring it here. And if you want it over there, you put it there. And it, it, it still has to play out, but it can be moved around. Whereas we go 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. You don't go to 7. You know, no, because the clock still says, yeah, 6. There's a season, there's a time, there's a day, there's a year. Now, why is that? For this natural to work, you need to be able to plant. Sun comes up heated. But if it stayed up all the time, we'd get too hot. So you need a cooling down time. You need a resting time for, to be able to let the body recover, restore. So I need a time of out, sleep. Then I wake, and you understand, in the natural, for seed to grow, there's going to be a time, you're going to need a plant, then it needs to get warmer, rain comes, waters, and then there's a time later on, and then you put in your sickle and you reap a harvest. So God's creating this to function, to, to work with, but here's the thing. Why was it created? Oh, do I need to go back to the first 10 minutes of the message? Why was it created? Why was it all created? For you to have dominion over. The animals were created for our use. The trees and the fruit and the seeds were created for us to eat. It's for our supply. Everything that was made was for man to have dominion over. And so even when God now on day four introduces time into the equation, now he needs to get this thing on a clockwork so that it all functions and it cycles and it works correctly. He doesn't allow that now to become the dominion. He's still, it's a created thing. It's still part of the earth's creation. It's a natural creation. Say this, time is a natural creation. And it was created for you to have dominion over. Time was never meant to dictate to you when you do something and when things should happen. That is good news any way you look at it. Because every time God says, does something, well, I just don't have the time for it. Or we think it can only happen in 10 years' time. We think it can only happen in 20 years' time. When are you going to have the house paid off? In 30 years' time. Oh, so you can live in a debt-free house for five years and then die and give it to the kids. No. That was never meant to happen. He wants you to enjoy it right now. God set them, verse 17, in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. To rule over the day and the night. To divide the light from darkness. And God saw it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Everybody say time. time. 
Say this, time is a created entity. Look at John chapter 2. On the third day, okay, so that's a created day. There was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that concern have to do with me? My hour's not yet come. Now he wasn't being disrespectful here. Woman there is a term of endearment. So he's, he's, he's respecting his mother. You know Jesus wouldn't do that. Amen. But he's saying, I'm here for miracles, but really my time hasn't come yet. And so his mother turns to the servant and says, whatever he says to do, do it. I just love a woman of faith. It's like, I, I hear, but just do it anyway. Amen. It, it, you see, a person of faith doesn't understand the word no. A person of faith doesn't understand the word can't. See, with God, all things are possible. I know with man it's impossible, not with God. Yeah, but you've got to be realistic. Where? Where? Show me where. No, uh, show me how it's realistic to walk on water. Show me how, come on now, how, how can that be realistic to just walk through a wall? I mean, come on. See, when we get to the supernatural, you're going to have to divorce from the limitations of time. So she says, go ahead and do what he says. So there were set there six water pots. How many? According to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. How many? So how many is that? See, we're back into natural counting now. That's, that's between 120 and 180. So you can average it out. Let's call it 150. Amen. I'll get to that now. Now, let me just show you this. Jesus said, fill the water pots with? With what? And they filled them to the brim with water. And he said, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water, notice they tasted the the water that was made wine. What? And did not know where it came from. The servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You kept the good until now. This beginning of Signs. Everybody say signs. Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And what happened? His disciples believed him. See, when you see a sign, it changes you. Now, we can debate what this was all about and whether wine, whether Christians can drink wine or not, and all that. You know, it's just, I'm not going there tonight. I want us to see something here. Watch what happened. The tradition was bring out good wine in the beginning. Why? Because everybody's, you know, none of you know what I'm talking about right now, but they were, they were all sober. And then, of course, as you drink more and more wine, you, less, you care less and less and less about what it tastes like. 
And when, when everybody doesn't care anymore, then you bring out the plonk. Uh, I like all you, what is that? No. How many of you understand what I say? But notice what he says. He says, you brought out the best wine. Now that wine came from water. So I went to do a little bit of research. How long does it take to produce wine? Because if you're going to produce wine, if, if someone decides they're going to start a wine farm, they locked into time. Isn't that right? You don't arrive on the farm and there's wine. No, if you've got a brand new piece of land, you've got to now plant a vine. They say it takes up to three years before the vine is even at a producing stage. It's still not even producing correctly. It's just to get it viable. It takes three years. Then after those three years, it's going to take a couple of harvests. You can get grapes, you can make some kind of wine, but we're not yet at good. You've got to have a few harvests until you've pruned it, cut it back, and fed it right, and now, now it starts to produce. So now you're talking year five, six, seven, something like that. Then after that, you can take wine, and there is a way you can produce wine in three months. But they say it doesn't taste good. How do you understand? You have to leave wine to mature. And in that maturing process, they say that can take between five and really, really good maturation can take up to 20 years. See, so you're talking almost 30 years of produce. If you want a good wine, put it at 10 to 20 to 30 years. And Jesus said, fill up the pots with water. And from the time they took the water from the pot to the mouth of the master ceremonies, it had become wine. 30 years of production in five minutes. Oh, he didn't even have to pick the grapes. He didn't have to tread out the grapes. They didn't have to mature the grapes. They didn't have to... <laughs> He just spoke. Time was taken out of the equation. He knew how to have dominion over time. Not only that, I did a study on what good wine costs. I don't know these things off by heart. Some of you could probably tell me, but I don't know. No, 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 yeah, amen. I found it like the best. Now, you have, you know, Jesus would have gone best. In fact, another translation says you brought out the best. Jesus, if there's a better wine out there, Jesus wouldn't have done second best. Everyone say the best. The best wine, the most expensive wine sold today. If you go into the market, I'm talking about uh, auctions and that. If you want to buy it off the shelf, is $19,000. One bottle. That's 340,000 rand. That's one bottle. But... For the most expensive wine, they say the most expensive wine ever sold was a six-liter bottle of 1992 Screaming Eagle Cabernet Sauvignon. It sold for five 
Nine million rand. Who pays that for wine? Nine million rand for six liters. Now, why am I telling you this? Because you know how I work. I meditate and I want to. I took that and I worked it into this, this, this six waters of uh, six water parts of 20, 30 gallons. That's 560 liters. 560 liters. Let's go with the $19,000 bottle. Don't even talk out there. Take the $19,000 and you multiply that, you get 190 million rand. That's the $19,000 comes to $10.5 million. Jesus dropped $10.5 million in the lap of that man that day. Do you think that bridegroom ever lacked again in his life? You want Jesus at your wedding, man. There's no way everybody drank all of that. point I'm making. Jesus controlled time. And in that time produced 190 million rand worth of wine. How long would that take in time? See family, we have to start thinking a different way. Get rid of that concept of time. I mean, Jesus in Luke chapter 5 arrives with his friends there and he's asked Peter, may I use your boat? And when he's finished preaching, he says to Peter, now launch out for a catch. And what does Peter say? Time. We worked all. Night was created. Because that's what it's going to take to produce a catch of fish. We've worked all night. And nothing even happened in that time. And Jesus says, launch out. Listen to me. I'm going to show you something. Okay, at your word. At your word. At your word. I'm the fisherman. I know what's reasonable. I know the time. This is the wrong time to fish right now. Should have done it last night. We didn't even get anything when you do it at the right time. But I know you enough that if you've said something, I can put all my expertise aside. I can put my concept of time aside. I can put aside what I think is reasonable. Let me do it. And he throws out the broken net. Because all of a sudden, there's so much fish, their net begins to break. And Jesus said, throw out your nets. I'm, I'm going to show you something here. And there's such an abundance. They're now calling their friends in and all the other partners. And they all, and all their boats are sinking under the weight of this. And the Bible says they were shocked. Why? Because even in the right time, 
They have never seen a catch like this. This is multiple catches happening in one moment because Jesus had spoken. Just on the spoken word, fish were just multiplying over and over and over. Family of God, we've got to get this. We've got to get this. David said, what is this man that you... He has dominion over these things. He saw it. He understood. Remember, we, we studied when we were talking about the Sabbath where uh, God spoke. There was a time when David said, today. And, and remember when I taught that? Is that today is the day you define. You know that if Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world, then you had access to salvation before you were born. Before your first sin, you already had access to salvation. But you can name the date you were, you were saved on. Some of us know the exact date. Some of us know more or less. But you know, how many you can remember the day you gave your life to Jesus? I mean, you had that encounter. There's a moment, right? Now, you could have done that the week before. You could have done that the year before, the month before. But it was the day you decided today. And on your today, your salvation manifested. You decided your today. David shows up on the battlefield. There's a giant. He's shouting out Israel. This man is, is, is the, the, the champion. And he's calling on their champion. Come conquer. Come fight me. Whoever wins, that's the victor for the day. And when David arrives, he says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he tells the children of God what they do. No, we are the ones with the covenant. And so what happened was all the military people, they thought, no, you can't do it. You're a shepherd boy and whatever. Even Saul, when he gets to him and he, and he gives him the armor, because don't you understand, it takes time to become a warrior. You, it takes time to train in the art of warfare. You haven't been through the training Yes, the armor. David tries it on and says, no, this is not my time. I'm, I'm interpreting for you. Um, this is not tried. I have not tried this armor. I haven't practiced with this armor. Don't have time for this. If, if we're going to defeat this man, we can't use time. I, I don't have time to get untrained with the armor. I don't have time to train with the weapon. What I'm going to do is what I do know today. I'm, today's my day. I'm, I'm saying today. I'm not waiting until I'm tested. I'm not waiting until I've, I've already killed the lion. I've already killed the bear. And, 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 and today, today, this man, today. And he goes on the battlefield and the man shouts the odds and you come to me like a dog with sticks and stones and says, today I'm taking your head off. He took time out the equation and whatever he had at that moment, God used supernaturally. Who brings down an enemy of that caliber with a stone? A man who understands, I've got a God that can do it without the need for time. Today. Today. How are you ready for your today? Come on, stand to your feet and give Jesus praise. I'm telling you, family, we have dominion over time. How do you do that? The same way you do everything by faith. You call it. You call it. 
Hallelujah. What do you think a healing miracle is? It would normally get better over time. But when you lay hands, time's taken out. Hallelujah. Praise God. You ready to live this way? Lift your hands before God and say, Father, thank you. You've created me to have dominion over your creation. You gave time to me as a servant. When it's needed, I will use it. When I have to bypass it, I will. I will call your will. And in calling your will, we see the supernatural manifesting. I choose to walk the supernatural walk. I believe the supernatural. And in believing it, I see it. I call it as I believe it. And I receive by faith everything you have for me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.